Hello, and welcome to the Love Your Work Life podcast. I'm your host, Elisa Shuck. Whether you're going for that next promotion, looking for a job, or making a career pivot, I'll teach you how to navigate it all so you can have the career you want. Welcome to Love Your Work Life, episode 137. As we continue on through this leadership month, one of the things that has come to mind is, and I'm, I'm thinking about this personally from having spent so many years in middle management, that one of the biggest frustrations can be influence influencing leaders, the people that you report to, to go your way, to accept your idea. And then at the same time, you're trying to influence your team to buy on, to own it, to join you in the journey, whatever that looks like. And it can feel kind of daunting to have this push and pull uh, with regards to influence because that's kind of how you get things done. That's what we have to do inside companies. I tell people a lot of times that we are in a way all selling all the time. And selling is a word that makes a lot of people feel uncomfortable. I totally get that. We've all encountered sales situations that that felt high pressure and felt like we were being pushed to do something. So let's temper that a little bit and talk about influence. We're all influencing people all the time. When you get someone to go with your recommendation to follow your suggestion, it's because you have influenced them in some way, shape, or form. What if they were way the opposite of what you thought and what you knew was the right move? Wouldn't it be great to just kind of know how to influence people? It's powerful. And it can be used for the good of relationships, for the good of partnerships, for the good of moving the company forward in the ways that everybody wants to. Deep down, everybody wants to feel accomplished. It doesn't matter what their role is. You having some skills for influencing can help people be engaged. And when they're engaged, they feel like they're part of something. They feel like they're contributing through influence. So let's dive into the principles. And as usual, I'm going to bounce from how to influence your team to how to influence the people that you report to. When we talk about influence, there are three keys for influencing other people. These are timeless, my friends. I get a little um, tickled when I see all of this data-driven kinds of things. Oh, you've got to have data in order to know how to engage someone and influence them. You actually don't. Data could be helpful to understand maybe where the gaps are, But it doesn't matter how much data you have, how much information you have, if you do not implement these three things, then 
it's wasted time. It's wasted energy. It's maybe even a wasted investment. It's not that I'm against data collection and using data and information to understand our teams. But if that's your only purpose is to just get information and you never do anything with that information or you're over relying on data for influence, then you're missing out. All right, these three keys are inspire enthusiasm, create a sense of purpose, and provide recognition. We've been talking about these things throughout Leadership Month, and that's because they work, and they work in different ways and capacities depending on what you're trying to accomplish. So as you're trying to accomplish influence, let's look at these three things. First, with regards to inspiring enthusiasm, it's about being genuine. Don't fake it. People totally see when you're faking enthusiasm. Be genuine. And if you're not a naturally passionate, enthusiastic person, then that's okay. Find the things that you can wrap your brain around. Find the things that you can offer genuine excitement about. You can be selfish with this. You can have excitement and passion for your own goals, for the things that you want to achieve. And if you are passionate about that, it is contagious. Your people will be inspired to rise up to your level of enthusiasm, your level of commitment and energy when they see you being excited about the things that you touch in your world, the things that you're responsible for. I can think of a whole lot of examples where this played out in my career. If something went really well, like say I had a vendor meeting and it went really well and I came to my team and said, oh my gosh, this meeting went so well, we, we got the pricing that we wanted. That may not affect them directly, but the fact that I was excited about it, the fact that I was enthusiastic about it, and the fact that I was just sharing publicly that success with a genuine excitement behind it, they could Number one, celebrate with me. Number two, they could have permission to be enthusiastic about their things. And then together, how it's so cool when it's shared enthusiasm amongst the team. Such a great thing to put into play. The other thing that inspires enthusiasm is communicating a compelling vision. Sharing your goals in a way that resonates with team members is powerful. When you paint a vivid picture of the desired future and you explain how everybody plays a part in that, how everybody's efforts contribute to that vision, you are inspiring enthusiasm. When they have that vivid picture because you have provided it to them Their brains go to work on the ideas, the actions, the attitudes, the strategies on how to make that vision happen. It's just the way our brains work. 
And as a leader, you taking responsibility for painting that vivid picture, getting them excited about it, you can let them run with it. Like it takes so much effort off of you. It takes so much of the weight off of you to make a vision happen when you communicate it in a way that's compelling and visual and helps people picture their part in it. The last bit about inspiring enthusiasm is leading by example. You as a middle manager must embody the behaviors and the attitudes that you expect from your team. It's amazing how many people feel disengaged at work, feel defeated at work because their manager isn't present. And I know you probably can relate because if your leader, the person you report to, isn't demonstrating the kind of behaviors that help you feel better about working there, if they don't demonstrate a strong work ethic, if they're not demonstrating a positive attitude and dedication to you and your team, it doesn't feel very good. That's why you have this really special role to lead by example for your team. People will rise to the level of example and expectation that you put out there. They will follow you. You are their leader. Now, when it comes to creating a sense of purpose, help your team members understand how their role and their contributions align with the overall purpose of the organization and the purpose of your team within the organization. You've got the bigger ecosystem and you have the smaller ecosystem of your team. Showing them the impact that they have, the way their contribution makes a difference, helps add meaning to their work and gets them connected to the purpose. And we all want to feel like we're making a difference. We all want to feel part of something bigger than ourselves. The second thing is share success stories. Celebrating those achievements, all of the positive impact your team is having, highlighting the difference their work makes and the value they bring reinforces this sense of purpose, and inspires continued dedication. It's so important, especially when you've got a project that's taking a long time. I was involved in projects that took sometimes nine months. Back when I was in product design and development, we would kick off the strategy nine months before the product was ever launched. Can you imagine how important it was to keep checking in with people all along the way, to keep celebrating the little successes that we had because you have to keep people engaged all the way through the end. You have to keep them connected all the way to the end. So don't lose track of those little mini success stories and impact stories that are happening along the way and get those in front of your people on a regular basis. The third thing to creating a sense of purpose is fostering a supportive and collaborative environment. 
This is an environment where team members feel valued, supported, encouraged, creating environments where there can be open communication, teamwork. When open communication is happening, when collaboration is happening, you create a sense of belonging. And belonging feels like purpose. Belonging kind of seals the deal when it comes to purpose among your own internal team members. But also if your team does a lot of cross-functional stuff, if your team is having to work through other people or get information from other people, cross-functional teams in order to do their job, look for ways to create that sense of belonging and purpose, collaboration cross-functionally as well. Give them visibility to what other people are doing and then foster some support and collaboration. Really, really cool. The third thing is providing recognition. When you offer sincere and specific praise, you are doing so much for your team. I suggest specific because general, it's not as powerful. It doesn't work as well. Hey, great job. Someone gets the idea that they're doing a great job, which of course you want them to have. But they may also have areas where they can grow and improve. And so this general, hey, great job, confuses them later when you have to talk about an opportunity area. So instead of just this general great job, be specific. Say, great job on getting that report edited and turned in on time. It was so helpful for me because I was able then to pass along the information that was needed to the executive leaders. Thank you for making that happen. So much more powerful than general. Get specific. Recognize their efforts. When you provide specific feedback and praise, you're making your people feel valued and appreciated. All right, so the second thing under recognizing achievements is providing opportunities for growth and development. My friends, this does not mean you have to have an expensive program to provide growth and development. Most of the time, it's just you asking your individual team members, what areas would you like to explore? What things would you like to learn about? Where would you like to grow in your role? You're not promising promotions. You're not promising raises. But what you are doing is maybe offering some cross-training, offering a little mentoring. Maybe there's a, someone on your team who's a little more senior and a junior member could learn a lot through a kind of a mentoring relationship with that more senior person. Maybe it's just giving them a more challenging assignment that requires them to stretch, that requires them to do a little bit of research and learn a new skill in order to succeed. You don't have to spend money on this, but you have to not be afraid to ask the question, what are you interested in? How can I help you grow? When you do this, you're showing that you recognize 
their value, and their potential. You see they're capable of more. And doesn't that feel so good when someone talks to you in a way that ignites your belief in yourself because the conversation alone shows that they see something in you that maybe you haven't had a chance to explore? So cool. And of course, providing recognition for achievements is celebrating milestones and successes. This happens both on an individual level as well as a team level. I love public recognition. That's not for everybody. Some of your folks who are a little more introverted might just be really uncomfortable with public recognition. But as you understand what celebration looks like for them, give it to them. Offer the public celebration once in a while. Give some rewards, write some thank you notes. When you do this, you're reinforcing the importance of accomplishments. It's not just about the celebration. It's about setting the stage for we want to accomplish, accomplishing things on our team and for the company is important. What you end up doing is just motivating them for continued success because our brains really like that dopamine hit of celebration and we crave it. And because we crave it, we're going to go through the process. We're going to do the things that get us to that celebration moment. So let's move on to how you can leverage the principles of influence to influence your manager, to influence your leaders, the people who you need to adopt your ideas, go with your suggestions, all of that good stuff. So back to inspiring enthusiasm. Think how cool it would be if some of your employees showed genuine enthusiasm for their work, you would maybe trust them more. You would perhaps listen to them more. People who are enthusiastic about what they're doing, yes, that enthusiasm is contagious downward to the people that report to you, but it's also contagious upward. When you have a sense of excitement and passion for your work, you're more likely to capture the attention of the people that you're talking with, especially above you. It might be surprising at how really they will open up to you because you're so passionate about what you're doing. So don't forget the contagious nature of enthusiasm. When you are behaving that way, you're inspiring your manager, the leaders above you to respond that way to you, to actually allow the things that you're excited about to get them excited. Someone taught me a long time ago that a sale is nothing more than a transfer of enthusiasm. This is influence at its core, my friend. When you are enthusiastic about your idea, they're going to catch it. They're going to be more receptive to it. You will be surprised at how more frequently they actually adopt your idea. 
go with your suggestion. The second piece of inspiring enthusiasm, communicating a compelling vision. When you're able to give specific, articulate words and pictures around what you have in mind, making it vivid, helping them really see it in their mind's eye, this is a game changer. Don't just stick with the tactical kinds of things. Like if you were to say something like, hey, if we did it this way, we would save X percent on paper, (laughs) whatever it is, right? Yeah, that's nice. Um, Your CFO might be excited about that. But what if you were to add to that vision? If we switch vendors and we can save 20% on what we're spending on paper, then that savings could be redirected to adding resources to this other project that you have in mind that we just haven't been able to get to. Would love to have a negotiation and I would love to put that in motion because once we get this other that other project done, think how much more productive we're all going to be. Imagine just having that relief because we were able to redirect those funds in a way that gets us moving forward, gets us closer to that long-term goal. We're kind of behind. Really think this could make a difference. You see how different that is? You're tapping into what's important to them, but you're also helping them see beyond just the savings. You are connecting it to the bigger vision of what the future could look like once this thing was accomplished. People make decisions based on the physical, emotional, and psychological impact. When you're able to tap into all three, the physical impact, yeah, we're going to save 20%, great. But you won't get as many of them to buy on if you're only talking about that tangible physical component. Once you tie into the emotional side, gosh, wouldn't it be so great just to have that burden off our backs? There's the emotional, the philosophical is the most powerful. It shouldn't be so hard to get what we want and achieve our goals for the year. I really think that saving 20%, that equals $20,000. Think how cool it would be to reallocate $20,000 to something that shouldn't be so hard. Pay attention to those components when you're creating your compelling vision. Leading by example, you can lead by example for your leaders too. When you embody the attitudes and behaviors that you expect from them, they start mirroring you. You'd be surprised at how much more dialogue you can have and influence you can offer when you're just leading by example, as someone who is showing up as the leader you wish you had. So powerful. Enough said on that. Now, when it comes to creating a sense of purpose, when you're influencing your leaders, connecting 
the goals to the larger purpose is huge. Your leader has a heavier weight on their shoulders than you do. They have more responsibility than you do. So when you are showing them that you are connected to their goals and their purpose, and that you understand how your contribution helps them and your contributions impact on their work, they will allow you to speak into their lives more often because it's kind of like you get them, right? We don't let people speak into our lives who don't get us. At least I hope you don't. But we do want to let people speak into our lives who get us, who kind of understand us at a deeper level, the things we're striving for, the things we're trying to accomplish. When what someone says resonates with you, it's because you've got that connection to a goal, to a purpose. Try to be the person that resonates with the purpose your manager is trying to achieve, and you will be more influential in that relationship. Sharing success stories and impact, also really important. This is maybe one of the more uncomfortable things that people have to address in their own lives as leaders, because If you're naturally humble, if you're naturally just head down doing your job day in, day out, it may not occur to you to share your success stories and to share the impact your team has created. But you must, you must take those opportunities to share what's working when you talk to your manager. Make it part of your one-on-one Make it part of the, hey, just want to bring you up to speed with some of the great stuff that we've got going on. Hey, we set our sights on having a better conversion rate when we tested that new uh, target audience and it worked. I'm really excited to share with you that our conversion rate improved by 10%. You've got to share those success stories. You've got to share that impact. Don't depend on them to notice all the things. They'll notice when you start raising your hand. And when you start raising your hand and sharing those success stories, you'll open their eyes to them and they'll see them more often. And remember that whole leading by example thing? When you start sharing the successes of your team, they'll start sharing successes more often too. It's human nature. Now, fostering a supportive and collaborative environment. Look for ways where you can be more open with your communication. Look for ways to collaborate. And when you're talking to your leader, Oftentimes what that looks like is, hey, can I get your perspective on this? Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. I'm thinking about this direction. I would love to have your perspective. I would love to have your help in this choice I need to make. It's not a bad idea to ask your manager for help. You don't need to worry about looking like you don't know what you're doing. What you are doing is creating 
opportunities for collaboration. It's also your opportunity to show that you have trust and respect in them, that you'd be willing to let them influence your decision. And that influence will start to go two ways because now you're that trusted partner. Now you're someone they will go to when they're making a decision, when they're thinking about something. I've shared a story a couple of times, I'm sure, about the manager I had years ago who was a bit of a difficult personality and how once I got proactive about sharing what was going on and once I landed on the things that were important to her and started addressing those up front, I became that confidant. I became the person that she went to when she had to make some group decisions. I was actually the person that she asked to go along with her when she shopped for holiday gifts for all of us, her team members. I knew exactly what she was getting me as a holiday gift because she trusted me to be that person to go shopping with her. That is influence, my friends, and you can do it. And the last thing providing recognition for achievements, offering sincere and specific praise. Your leader needs to hear praise from you too. You think that they should just be okay. What if they're not getting praise from their manager? You know, there can be multiple layers of middle management. How cool would it be if you were that person to acknowledge their efforts, to acknowledge their accomplishments? Going to your manager and saying, hey, I really appreciate the way that you acknowledged this person on my team, or hey, I really appreciated the way that you advocated for us. I know it didn't turn out exactly the way we wanted, but just knowing that I have you as an advocate means so much to me. Sincere and specific praise to your manager helps them feel valued. And when they feel valued by you, they will let you speak into their life. That's influence. Providing opportunities for growth and development. Let your manager know that you're ready for a new challenge. Volunteer for something when nobody else will. That's your opportunity to show them that you are a worthy investment. That when something comes up, you're available. You're showing them that you have untapped potential. And that's a good thing. Just like with your own team. It doesn't have to be a promotion. It doesn't have to be a big investment. When you step up, into opportunities for growth and development. Instead of waiting for those to come to you, you become a person that has more influence and trust with your manager. And eventually, you won't have to volunteer. Eventually, they will seek you out as the person that they can empower with stretch assignments, with more responsibility. And of course, 
Celebrating milestones and successes goes both ways as well. Copy your manager on those rah-rah emails, on those celebrations, on the documentation of a big result and how it happened and who was involved. Make sure your leader sees those milestones and has the opportunity to celebrate those successes with you. They may not always respond in the way that you wish they would. But again, like I said a little while ago, it does kind of go back to you being the leader you wish you had. It's the intentional way that you can have more control and influence. Influence doesn't always happen overnight, but it does build over time. It is something that will start to accumulate and you'll break through once in a while and one breakthrough will lead to another breakthrough. These three keys inspiring enthusiasm, creating a sense of purpose, and providing recognition. It works both ways, and it doesn't require anything but your intention and follow-through to make them a regular practice. Enjoy it. Watch your influence grow. All right, my friends, I'll talk to you again soon. If you like listening to this podcast, I invite you to visit my website at elisashuck-careercoach.com. On the site, you're going to find out everything you need to know about working with me on your career move, developing your leadership skills, as well as my courses, Job Search Field Guide and the Art of Stellar Interviews. I look forward to meeting you soon. Take care.